Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Look at somebody near you and say, I'm so glad you're here this morning. Hallelujah. And fine, there is none like you. Out of anyone and anything, there is no one like God. Amen. There's no one like God. There's nothing like God. Today I want to talk about we are born to reform. Everybody say born. born. To, reform. to reform. All right. So uh, now, uh, if, if, if anybody's wondering, now nah, I think Drea knows because Drea knows my nerdy self. So uh, if anybody's wondering who is on my shirt, this is a man by the name of Martin Luther. And today is my favorite day, one of my favorite days in, in history because on October 31st and 1517, we're going to talk about what happened uh, 504 years ago today. So in the first century, um, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, it is legend to be said that the Roman Catholic Church, they derived from the early church, the church in Acts, in the book of Acts, and the disciples and the apostles and all that stuff. Um, over the years, the doctrine of the Catholic Church, Catholicism, now I promise we're going to get somewhere, just stick with me. I got to give you the history lesson of this. But over the years, Catholicism, the doctrine of it strayed from the teachings of Jesus. Um, it's strayed so much that corruption began to arise in the Catholic Church. So I'm going to give you a list of some of these corruptions, all right? So uh, here's some examples. Number one, the Pope was given absolute power and authority, um, twisting the scriptures on purpose for selfish gain, teaching about purgatory. Uh, another one was complicating the truth of repentance, abuse of power, false teaching on how salvation was obtained, and indulgences. Everybody say indulgences. All right, so what are indulgences? Are indulgences are, now you're, you're, you're going to, if you've never studied this before, you're going to think I'm making this up. But indulgences, back in this day, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, would teach that if you had a loved one that uh, did not live their life to the, uh, for the Lord, they, they never made that, uh, that declaration that Jesus was Lord in their life, and they died and went to hell, you, for a small fee of whatever the Catholic Church would charge, you can pay for their soul to go from heaven or to go from hell into heaven or to go from purgatory into heaven. Yes, yes, this, this was a natural teaching. On top of that, the, another corruption was that they taught purgatory, that there was a middle place. You know, there was a middle ground in between heaven and hell. I know uh, in the cartoon, All Dogs Go to Heaven, you know, we see purgatory even back then, like it was influenced in our culture. But they taught that purgatory. There was a, there was a middle ground, and, and you, you would go there to that middle ground while people on this side of earth would, you know, would pay the price to the church or pay this or pay that or do certain penances in order for you to go to heaven. These were some of the corruptions. And obviously not everybody believed in them. There were some people back in the state, some voices that rose up in rebellion, just a few to mention. Uh, one, his name was John Huss. 
Another was John Wycliffe, or John Wycliffe is which where we get the Wycliffe Bible. Um, Geralimo, Peter Waldo, and then um, there was some more, but also the one I want to spotlight today, his name was Martin Luther. Everybody say Martin Luther. So Martin Luther, <clears throat> he was the most notable, and that's what I want to talk about. Uh, fun fact, there was an Atlanta pastor in 1934 who traveled to Germany, traveled to Germany to visit, and he was so inspired by the Protestant Reformation, which is what we're talking about today. He was so inspired by the Protestant Reformation that when he came back to America, he changed his government name from Michael King Sr. to Martin Luther King Sr. And because he has a son named after him, his son changed his name to Martin Luther King Jr., all right, henceforth, yeah, there you go. Now, now I see the light bulbs coming on now. All right, so, but talk about the Protestant Reformation. The, uh, we're talking about Martin Luther. Uh, just to give you some backstory, Martin Luther, he was a lawyer. He was studying to be a lawyer. And one day, uh, there was a, a violent thunderstorm that shook his house. And it shook his house so bad that he, he was terrified. And he began to say, God, if he vowed to God, if you can deliver me and spare my life, I will, de I will dedicate the rest of my life to you. Well, Newsflash, God spared him from the thunderstorm. So he dropped out of law school um, against, his, against his family's support and his family's wishes, and he joined a monastery. Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be no monk. I like my hair, I like my jeans, and I like my bacon, all right? So, but, <laughs> but Martin Luther, he joined a monastery. And then in 1507, he began to study theology. And then in 1510, after he had studied theology and, and graduated as professor and did all these accolades and all these higher up education things, he traveled to Rome. And guess what? Martin Luther traveled to Rome and he began to witness the corruptions that we had talked about, the corruptions from the church as a whole. And he joined the list of reformers, um, speaking their voice out against all these different corruptions. And just to fast forward because of time, on October 31st, today, 504 years ago, October 31st, uh, 1517, Martin Luther, his anger grew to the point that on this day, 504 years ago, uh, the former monk, now priest and scholar, published a 95-point thesis, 95-point thesis on the corruptions and the crimes of the church. 95 different, he said, 95 different things that they were doing wrong that were opposite of what Jesus taught. He took this 95-point thesis, and he nailed it to the front door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg. And this lit the Reformation. This lit the revival. Um, now, if you're probably like, okay, that's a great history lesson, but Lindsay, what does this have to do with me? I'm so glad you asked me what does it have to do with you. Two points. Two points. Number one, we trace back to, we trace back to this. The moment that the Reformation happened, there was a split in the Catholic Church, and there was two groups that was formed. There was the Catholics and the Protestants. We, Cooper's Grove, we trace back to the Protestant side of that, and not just Cooper's Grove. Every Western American church traces back to the Protestant side of that split. That's point number one. Point number two, Martin Luther did this. He did this along with every reformer. They did this because the actions of the church did not match up with the heart of God. Simple as that. The actions of the church did not match up with the heart of God. So if you have your paper, I want you, I want you to look at this. Well, let's look at point two, or point number one, where we said, we trace back to the Protestant group. I think I, I, think I pulled it up on the, uh, on the screen. If not, you can look at your paper. It's going to be hard to see. But in the, kind of in the middle, or to the, to the far, uh, to this far where this blue square is, we see the early church. That's the book of Acts, 
all the disciples and apostles, and immediately we see out of it coming is the Roman Catholic Church, and then the Protestant Reformation happened, and then there's the split. Now, you can, in your own time, if you want to, you can look and see all the different, all the different denominations that formed out of this. And it's really cool because out of the Protestant Reformation, if you want to just follow along with me, we see, uh, we see, um, let's see here, how do we want to go? We uh, can go up and we see angelicism, all right? And out of angelicism, we see Methodism, the United Methodist Church. We see holiness churches. We see Pentecostal church. And then if we come down out of the Pentecostal church came non-denominational churches, which is, I don't know if you knew, but that's, that's, that's us. Yeah. So it's, it's so cool. And you can see every, every, uh, every denomination, even the Amish and Mennonite and Anabaptist and Baptist, Seventh-day Adventist, all these things traced out of what happened 504 years ago today. Now, I want you to take this home, study it. I'm not going to quiz you on it next week or anything, but just look at it. And the reason that the reason this is important is number one, our origin is our mission. Our origin is our mission. We were liberated to liberate others. You and I, we have been liberated by Jesus to liberate others. <clears throat> we were born out of the reform to reform. See, reform, all it means is to improve someone or something by remaining or by removing and correcting faults and problems, to improve your own behavior and habits, to put an end to an evil by enforcing or introducing a better method or course of action. You were born to reform. So point number one, we say, what does it have to do with this? Our origin is our mission. We trace back to this. We trace back to what happened 504 years ago today. <clears throat> so we were born out of a mission that puts an end to evil. And Jesus introduces a better method. Jesus introduced a better way to live and be human. Jesus introduces a better way to be human and a better way to live. Jesus is our upholder. He's our origin first. We trace back to him. The Bible says that before the foundations of the world, what? God knew us. God knew us and he had a plan to save us. So Jesus is our origin. He's our upholder. Hebrews chapter 1 says that Jesus is the very thing that holds the molecules together. I don't know why, but it sounds more dramatic when you whisper the word molecules as you're reading Hebrews chapter 1. But he's the, he holds the molecules together, and at the end of the day, he is the one that we will return to. Amen? Amen. He is our great redeemer. There's a song, one of my favorite uh, worship songs. I say that a lot, so I guess I do have a lot of favorite worship songs. One of my favorite worship songs, the chorus literally says, Our great Redeemer, um, glorious Savior, your name is higher than the rising sun. You know, so, uh, um, but, you know, Jesus is our great Redeemer. So we were born to reform. Somebody say, I was born, I was born. to reform. You were born to change the narrative. You were born to change the status quo. Why? Because you, you, were, you were birthed out of that. Martin Luther, he didn't just be like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to wreck everything. No, no, no. When he witnessed, you know what? He, he would read the Bible and be like, okay, this is, this is who God is by looking at the life of Jesus. And then he would say, okay, well, where does my life match that? This institution that I'm a part of, does it match what I'm reading? And that's, that's, that, that's literally, that's point number two, which is he did this because the actions of the church did not match Jesus. It did not match the actions of Jesus. It did not match the heart of God. And why we're talking about this today is because we live in a society where the same layout is, is current. 
where we live in a we live in a world where everything is rampant. Everybody has an opinion. Social media gaslights every opinion. If you have a social media account, for some reason that gives you permission to share your opinions, whether they are true or false. We all know that one person that just loves posting. Yeah, I, I guess nobody else got that. But I know on my friends list, I have one person, they just, they posting all the time, just post, 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 post. And I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, Facebook had this, they released this glorious, you're going you're gonna to love this. And if you didn't know, I'm about to free you, all right, I'm about to free you. Facebook, they released this glorious invention called Unfollow. And I was like, unfollow? What is that? So you can unfollow. You can still remain friends with them. That way, you know, if they need, if you want them to wish you happy birthday, they can. Or if you need to wish them a happy birthday, you can. But you can unfollow, and you don't have to see anything they post. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Oh, Jesus. So I started going and unfollow, just just download, unfollow. And there's going to be times where Kelsey's like, hey, did you see so where that? Nope, I did not see it. I don't follow them. And she's like, well, here, let me show. I said, no, 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 no. I don't want to see it. I unfollow them on purpose. You can see it. That's you. That's your burden. I am free. Everybody say with me, I am free. <laughs> so if you, if you don't remember anything, remember, okay, well, Lindsay told me I can unfollow that one cousin or unfollow that one uncle or unfollow that one coworker. You used to be friends with them. That way, you know, they, they still know that you're friends online. But I'm saying we live in a world today where people, they put so much stock and so much worth and value into social media and into their opinion. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, they're still gonna give you their opinion. And unfortunately, now, that's the opposite of what Jesus teaches. Jesus says to be slow to speak and quit to what? Listen. But we live in a world where it's the opposite. Be quick to speak and don't listen. Be quick to give your opinion and don't listen. Be quick to, 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 to uh, spout off at the mouth and not empathize. But if we're gonna follow Jesus, we have to do the opposite. So let's break down point number two. Martin Luther did what he did because the actions of the church didn't match up with the heart of Jesus. I want to go back for a minute because obviously we're here today because of what Martin Luther or because of what Jesus did on the cross. And because what he did on the cross, we are commissioned. Everybody say that word commission. We are commissioned, commissioned to do the same. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 We'll start with that in the New Living Translation, if you don't mind pulling it up. If you don't have the New Living, it's all good. We'll put it on the screen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, and I'll go, um, I'm going to go all the way to chapter 6, verse 1. So we're definitely going to get our reading in, but I promise it's going to help. Now, Paul says this, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this news, uh, this new life, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. I want you everybody to take note of that. We have stopped, we stopped judging. We have stopped judging people from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Somebody say reconciliation. 
verse 20. So we are Christ and we are Jesus ambassadors. God is making his appeal through who? Us. Who's who's us? I'm about to pull a dad. Who's who's us? Come on. The person you see in the mirror. So I want before we even get that that statement in his powerful long. We are Jesus's ambassadors. Now, listen, ambassador for United States, when he goes to China and he speaks, they see it as all of America speaking. So it's about to get heavy real quick. So if that's the case, what Paul is saying is because we are Jesus's ambassadors, when you speak, people associate that with God. So here's the question. What are we speaking? What are we speaking? God said, God is, uh, Paul said, God is making his appeal through us. God is, God is speaking. He is pleading with the world through you. He's pleading with the world through you at your job. He's pleading with your family through you. He's pleading with that one, that one uncle or that one cousin or that one person. He's pleading with that one person that loves to walk in the middle of the road and stop traffic. He's pleading to them through you. What are we saying? All right, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Verse 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And then final verse, chapter 6, verse 1, as God partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. As God's partner, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift, talking about salvation, talking about the ministry of reconciliation, talking about the job of pleading and, and, and reaching people. Don't accept that. Don't hear it and then ignore it. Don't come to church and, and, and hear the word and participate in the worship and then go live your life how you want to. Paul is saying, please, out of everything, don't do that. Don't ignore it. And Martin Luther, obviously, he read the same scriptures that we are reading today. And guess what? He decided, you know what? I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to ignore it. So we said in point number two that Martin Luther did what he did because the actions of the church didn't match up with the heart of Jesus. That did not match up with the heart of Jesus. And literally, that's the same today. Unfortunately, the bride of Christ, the actions of the bride of Christ, the actions of us, it does not match up all the time with the heart of Jesus. It does not match up with the heart of the Father. Literally, we live in a world where people are deconstructing their faith. We live in a world where people are walking away from the, the walking away from God. And I and it's not that deconstructing the faith is bad, but it's more like we should really be deconstructing uh, the, the means. Or I even heard a um, uh, I heard a speaker say we should, we're remodeling our faith, Re, remodeling. Not that not that uh, not that, you know, God is bad or anything like that. But when we say remodeling our faith, we're looking we're taking we're taking uh, the the pillars and the and the the foundation that we've been given and saying, okay, is this, is this the Bible? What I'm standing on, best way to explain is this, what I'm standing on, is it the Bible or is it a tradition that was passed down to me? Who I believe Jesus to be, have, have I found that to be true? Do I see it in the word or is that just something that somebody told me? You know, it's great. I'm super glad that everybody's here today, but guess what? It does you no good if you come here and then never experience Jesus on your own outside of here. If you never pray, if you never read, if you never take a moment to fast, if you never if you never come to the altar in your own home or come to the altar in your car or go to the altar in your closet, whatever it is, it does you no good if you just come and experience God here, but don't take him with you. 
Well, guess, cause, guess what? You, yeah, you, not all of us, not all of us bring our problems in here. And that's for everybody has their own reasons. But your problems, they definitely exist outside these double doors. But you know who else exists outside those double doors? God. God. And all of his mercy, all of his splendor, all of his heart, all of his empathy is waiting out there. And this is no good when we only experience him here but never experience him out there. Literally, people are deconstructing their faith because churches have prioritized the wrong things for years. I fully believe people are deconstructing their faith because we, the church, have prioritized the wrong thing for years. Obviously, we just well, we just had the history lesson about the the Catholic Church. Let me let me remind you what they were doing. They were they were teaching about uh, a middle ground in between heaven and hell, and they were teaching that if you that if you you can purchase a soul to go from one place to the other. Lindsay, you know, I, I, I would never believe in purgatory. I've never done I'm not going to charge anybody for indulgences. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time, we, we have this notion that when we pray to God, sometimes we need to nudge him a little bit. Oh, I prayed to God, but I, I didn't read enough chapters, so he probably ain't going to do it. Oh, I, I didn't fast. The church was going to fast this week. I didn't fast. Or man, I didn't give him the rally offering. Or uh, I didn't. Instantly, the moment we pray, we add I to it. We add I to it. Last, last time I checked, you were not on the cross. If you was on the cross, just stand up right now. We will start singing. But last time I checked, none of us, nobody in this room was on the cross. Therefore, you cannot nudge God. We said it last week. God is not a coat machine God. There's no amount of nudging. You can't put the right amount of money in. You can't put the right amount of chapter reading or scripture reading or prayer hours, logged in. I don't care if it's 20. If you stayed up a full 24 hours praying and logged it in. Hey, got it notarized, got the time card notarized and everything. No matter how much you do, you cannot jimmy rig and jingle God to give you, pop you out a little can of a blessing. God blesses, he loves, and he provides because he loves us, because he's sovereign, because he wants, he wants to do it, because he's a father. Kellen and Kenan, I love to give them good gifts. The Bible says that if a good father gives his earthly son or daughter good gifts, how much more will our heavenly father provide for us? There's a reason we son Jireh. There's a reason, uh, you know, in the, in the bridge, if he dresses the lilies. Last time I checked, when I'm driving down the road, I, I don't really pay attention to the lilies, but God does. And if God so, so much cares for the lilies, then how much more will he care for me? How much more will he care for you? Listen, we, we were born to change the status quo. You were born, you were placed in this county, in this town, to change this county and this town. Not by yourselves, but collectively. Not by ourselves, but collectively. Somebody say, I was born to reform. So what are we going to do in order to change the narrative of people? What are we going to do in order to change the narrative that people have about God and Jesus and the church? What, what, what do we see? Martin Luther, he had this idea. OK, you know what? I, and, and when he did it, he didn't know how much it was going to spawn into. He didn't know it was going to spawn into every denomination that is known to man, pretty much. He just saw, hey, you were leading people the wrong way. Nailed this 95 point thesis. Let me let me. This is what the Bible says. Do, 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 do. And this is what you're doing. Do, 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 do. How can we correct it? How can we correct it? You know, I didn't mention earlier, but one of the things that Martin Luther was responsible for, he was responsible for printing the Bible in multiple uh, in multiple um, languages. 
because back then it was only in Latin. It was in obviously Hebrew, Greek, and it was in Latin. And one of the other corruptions and crimes of the of the Catholic Church is that you know when I said they would twist the scripture, they would they can only read the scripture. So imagine imagine the people in the audience not having the mindset to be able to read the scripture. Only the preacher, only the priest, only the pope could read it. So therefore, the temptation to twist the scripture and, and for selfish gain, they would they would jump into that temptation every every moment that they could. And they would twist the scripture. They would twist it to the point that they would teach that salvation had to be earned by, by words. That salvation had to be earned by words. Repentance could only come by words. Now, I know some of this is kind of going over your head, but I'm going somewhere. Literally, they did these things. And Martin said, you know what? That's, the Bible says different. The Bible says that by grace through faith, we were saved. So therefore, he did something about it. So therefore, when you look on your job, do you see it looking like Jesus? Do you see it looking like the, the life that we're supposed to live in Christ? Well, Lindsay, I don't. Okay, then what are we going to do about it? Well, what are, we, what are we going to do about the gap between how the church responds and how Jesus responded in the Bible? What are we going to do about the gap between the conversations that Jesus had and the conversations that we have? What, what, what are we going to do to change the narrative? Because ultimately, that the world has their own narrative about Jesus, and it's not true. Ultimately, our family has their own narrative. I was talking to somebody this morning, and they called to check on us. They said, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready for a church, and you could hear their tone, their vocal tone change. I said, oh, okay. Why? Because, unfortunately, we live in a world where they have a false narrative of Jesus and God and the church. But we have been commissioned. We read it in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, all the way through chapter 6, verse 1. We read it that we have been commissioned. God is making his appeal through us to change the narrative. When we say, come back to God. When we tell people, come back to God. When we tell people, come back to God, Jesus is the better way. Amen. Lindsay's not the better way. Dre is not the better way. Love you, Dre. Miranda's not the way, Kelsey's not the weird. No, 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 Jesus is the better way. And he appeals through us. We were born to reform. We were born to change the status quo. We live in a society where people view God's character through the local church. Unfortunately, we people view God's character through the local church. You think about it this way. If Kellen, if you, if you, see, a, if you see a kid that's wilding out, or if Kellen and Keenan start wilding out, you instantly think, well, I wonder, I hear it all the time. I wonder where they got there from. Kellen says something, I wonder where they got that from. Kenan does, I wonder where they got that from. And everybody looks at Lindsay. I'm like, oh, there's two parents in this thing, man. There's two parents. But instantly, when the kid, when the kid does something, we attribute the kid's actions to the parent. Uh, DeShadra was telling me something yesterday about Noah, and I thought, man, I think I, think I remember DJ doing something similar. You know? It, why? Because that's just natural. We attribute, uh, and I, uh, I said DJ because I didn't grow up with Caleb, but I knew DJ, so. There, so uh, you gotta be PC and you know, give that disclaimer. So, but we attribute the actions of a child to the parent. Uh huh. So the world attributes the actions of the bride of Christ, the actions of the church, they attribute the actions of the church to God's character. So, therefore, we have a heavy burden upon us to make sure that, not to make sure that we're perfect, but to make sure that we reflect in God as accurate as we can. I'm not saying that you have every scripture memorized, you have every verse memorized. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is we know that Jesus empathized with anyone and everyone. We know Jesus loved regardless. Therefore, we have to love regardless. We have to give people a time of day, even if they don't return anything to us. 
we have to swipe, even when we don't want to swipe. Yesterday, we had a moment at the trunk or treat. There was a van, and I, I, I have to admit, I didn't swipe. I didn't swipe, but the Lord, the Lord saw that I wasn't about to swipe, so he, he, he raised the standard up and pushed him out of the way. But if you didn't know, uh, I, you know I, I say I like October 31st because of the Reformation, but that's the only reason. I don't like October 31st. I don't like to be scared. I stay ready at all times. I don't like clowns. We're just going to get straight to it. I don't like clowns. If you, if you bring, don't do it. Don't you do it. It's, gonna, it's not going to work out good for you if you bring a clown in front of me. And uh, yesterday we were at the trunk or treat at Kelsey. <laughs> Bless her heart. She said, you see that? And I'm, what? What, what you see? <laughs> and there's this van. This van had, uh, had full of people, but they had, like, the scary clown mask on. And uh, uh, instantly, when I saw them, I, well, I was ready. And the Lord, the Lord just so eloquently kept that van going all the way through. And they had another car going all the way through. I was like, whoo. I said, because I wasn't about to swipe, Kelsey. I wasn't about to swipe. WBBJ about to come down here, have another, have another report, because it was about to be over. Not for me. Oh, I was going to be good. My daddy taught me how to win. It was going to be over. All right? It was going to be OV. But the Lord saw that. It, he's like, all right, heaven, Michael and Gabriel, Lindsay, this is one of those moments. Lindsay ain't about to swipe. Let's just, let's just go ahead. So the hand of God just kept that van moving all the way over the speed bumps, plop, plop, on through. Next van, plop, plop, scary mask and a zombie mask, plop, plop, and the, the scream two mask on through. I was like, whoo, thank you, Jesus. You spared them. You spared them. <laughs> you spared them. So, you know, outside of, outside of Reformation Day, I don't, I, don't, I don't do Halloween. I don't do clowns. I don't do none of that. Um, yeah, we, we could go into the stories that has nothing to do with the gospel. We'll talk about it later. But we, I can give you stories after stories of me just, mm-mm, don't do it. But even in those moments where we, you know, even in that moment, if something would have popped off, people would have attribute, okay, well, that's the way God is because he's supposed to be represented. He's a Christian. Look at him. He's a Christian. If the, oh, if that's what, is that what God is like? People look at us, they'll be like, aren't, aren't you a Christian? Is that what God is like? Why? Because we have been, been given that responsibility that we represent God. You know, I remember, I remember uh, when I went to high school, started high school, my mom and dad gave me the talk of, you, re- you represent me. And, you know, I heard that all my life. Yeah, you represent me. As soon as I get into high school, like almost every teacher knew either mom, knew dad, knew granny, or knew Uncle D. Whether it's they all went to school together or mom kept the kids or they played ball, something like that. So I couldn't get away with anything. You know, even I walk down the hall and Coach Lindsey would be like, ask me how my dad's doing. You know, another teacher, I remember, uh, because they would look at my, you know, they would print my full government name. Instead of being Lindsey, they print the full government name on there. And they'd look and see, George Milton. Hey, are you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, I know, I know your mama. I know your daddy. Okay. I, you know what, I went to school with your granny. Oh, yes. Awesome. Awesome. So therefore, I knew I had to walk a, 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 I knew I had to have actions that reflected the, like, I had been raised correctly. I knew I had to, I knew the way my parents, whatever I did, it reflected on them. And guess what? If it reflected bad on them, they was going to reflect on me, if you know what I'm saying. But ultimately, understand this. We mirror Jesus. We mirror Jesus. And, and it sounds like it's super complicated, but it's, 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 it's just the, the, the motion of just swiping past those thoughts. Or, better yet, in the moments of 
worrying and troublesome and calamity and disappointment and heartbreak. We're not going off on God. We're not saying, God, you're the cause of my heartbreak. But we trust in and knowing that, you know what, God, despite how broken my heart is, you're a good, good father. I remember talking to Kelsey this morning. I said, Kelsey, I don't know if I should sing good, good father. And I, I said, but I feel like I should. And she said, ultimately, it's not God's fault. Ultimately, he's still good. And I said, yes, ultimately, he is still good. Ultimately, you know, the, the old song that they used to sing when I was a kid, and I promise I'll close with this, but the old song they used to sing as I was a kid, if, if he's never done anything for me, he's done enough. And, you know, and I felt that this morning as I was getting ready, like, God, you know what, you still are good. No matter how broken my heart is or no, no matter what's going on, you still are good. Anyway, and, we, and there's not enough time in the day to think about and talk about how good he is. But you know what? He loves for us to sing about it. He loves for you. Even It don't matter if you can't carry a tune in a bucket with the lid on it. I learned that phrase. I like that phrase. It don't matter if you can carry a tune in a bucket with the lid on it. Still, he loves to hear you sing. He loves to hear you sing about how good he is. God, trust me, God speaks all five love languages. He definitely speaks the love language of affirmation. He loves when we affirm him, not because he needs it, not because he's an insecure God, but he loves, he loves to receive praise and worship. And he loves it when we sing to him, God, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. And my favorite part of that song is the bridge, the you're perfect in all of your ways. Because I know as, as a human being, there's times where I'm not perfect with my kids. There's times where I'm not perfect as an older brother, or I'm not perfect as a husband, or I'm not perfect as a son, or I'm not perfect as just a human being. But you know who is my, my heavenly father? And, and how is he perfect? He's perfect to me, his relationship towards me, he's, his relationship towards you. And you know what's so cool about him? His, it's, it's, not, it's not pending on the relationship that you have or had with your earthly father. Whether your earthly father was present or not present. Whether your earthly father was close to perfect or not close to perfect. doesn't matter. God sets the standard. God sets the standard. And his standard is what we're supposed to be echoing in family functions, at the gas station, at the grocery store, at school, at work, in text messaging, and talking to people. I'm not saying that when you, Lindsay, are you saying I'm supposed to text Bible scriptures and only Bible? No, 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 I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is we all have those people that were texting just random conversations and you may, the person may begin to complain or the person may begin to, you know, whatever it is, bring, bring that negative vibe to the conversation. We have the, we have the glorious opportunity to, to flip it, to flip it. Not that we're ignoring the bad, not that we're ignoring the crime, but no, 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 we're, Listen, I, I understand how you feel. Sometimes I feel that way, but you know what? I'm glad that I serve a God that's able to take that away from me. That, that's how you flip the conversation. Well, Lindsay, do I have to? We've been given that opportunity. God makes his appeal through us. You know, if I, if I, if I need to, uh, you know, back when I lived in Florida, if I needed to talk to somebody, a lot of times I would say, hey, Mom, can you pass a message along? If I didn't have their number. But now that I'm here, I can go up to them. Same goes for God. God is sitting in heaven and he's, if he wants to get through a family member, who's, he's going to choose you. If he wants to get through a coworker, he's going to choose you. If he wants to change a county, he's going to use whoever is willing to be submissive to him. 
He's going to use whoever is willing to say, Lord, whatever you're doing in Henderson County, whatever you're doing in Lexington, don't do it without me. That's the people that he's looking for. He's looking for the people that can worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for those that are willing to say, God, make your appeal through me. Lord, Lord, reconcile uh, my lost family members through me. Lord, resolve the issues of my heart. Resolve the issues of this town. Resolve the issues of this county. Resolve the issues of this world through me. I think the reason I like Martin Luther so much is because he made that declaration. He said, you know what? Lord, resolve it through me. Now, he wasn't perfect. Lutherism is not the perfect doctrine, but no doctrine, no denomination is. It's like a cup of coffee. No, there's not a perfect cup of coffee. It's close, and it's coming after we leave here. But there's no perfect cup of coffee. There's no perfect denomination. There's no one church that has it all together. But you know what? We serve the God who does. We serve the God who does. And listen, if you don't get anything today, he has commissioned you to reflect him in all areas of your life. Listen, as, as followers of Jesus and co-heirs with Christ, we should seek reform that mirror God. So let me give you one application, one hack, and we're done. Our prayer needs to have this statement. When you pray from now on, your, state, your prayers need to have this statement. As it is in heaven, so be it in my life. As it is in heaven, so be it in my life. I'm going to say that again. As it is in heaven, so be it in my life. As it is in heaven, so be it in my life. Even in the moments when you, you can apply this to anything. My finances, as it is in heaven, so be it in my life. So be it in my bank account. As it is in heaven, so be it in my family. As it is in heaven, so be it in my relationships. As it is in heaven, so be it at work. Because when, when we say that, we're saying, I only want and accept the realities of heaven. I only want and I will only accept the realities of heaven. Too many times we accept the realities of traditions. We accept the realities of Fox News and CNN News. You go to the Chinese restaurant, that's all that's playing Fox and CNN. We accept those realities. We accept the realities that come from gossip. We accept the realities that come from bitterness or church hurt, but not anymore. Like, we, like a few weeks ago, we read in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, set our sights on the realities of heaven. Our sights on the realities of heaven. When we say, as it is in heaven, so be it in my life. Whatever's going on in heaven, however God feels about this, that's, I want that. There's no lack in heaven, so let there be no lack in my finances. There's no disagreement or argument or gossip in heaven. So let that be in my, my relationship with my family or my relationship with my parents or my relationship with my spouse or my relationship with my kids. You can apply this anywhere to anything as it is in heaven. So be it in my life. Make that part of your prayer. Make that part of your day. Even as you're driving down the road, God, get ready to go into work tomorrow morning, Monday. We know what Monday's like. God, these kids, the Lord, these kids, Lord, these, these bosses. These employees, these employers, the roads, God, the bypass, Lord, as it is in heaven, so be it in my life. As it is in heaven, let it be in Henderson County. As it is in heaven, let it be at the pharmacy. As it is in heaven, let it be at the gymnasium. As it is in heaven, let it be at my heart in the midst of turmoil. As it is in heaven, I want that. Church, set your sight on the realities of heaven. Only see how heaven sees things. 
and you'll see things uplifting your life. You'll see an elevation in your life. I promise I said I was going to close, but I remember a few weeks ago I was driving home. I don't know what I was doing, but a few weeks ago I was driving home. And the way mom and dad's house sits, at a certain time of the day, you can see the sun and the moon. It's one of my favorite things to look at. I remember when I lived in Florida, I would, I would always call Dre, and I'm like, Dre, get step outside, you can see the sun. She was like, no. Gen Zer. But I guess that means I'm getting older because I love to look at the sunset. I love to look at the sunrise. But I remember at one point, I'm driving home, I was disappointed because I could see where the sun was, but I couldn't actually see the sun, but I could still see the moon. I was like, oh, God. Like, oh, man, I bet you the sun is probably past those tree lines. And he said, elevate your position and you can see what I see. That sounds, like, that sounds like Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. When you start thinking about how God feels, guess what? You're going to see what God sees. When you start asking your question, okay, is this, is this, is this how God feels about this person? Is this, would, would Jesus love this person? The question is, he did. Okay, well, I got to love them. Just you know, if you, can, if you can think like him, you're going to walk like him. You're going to talk like him. You're going to sound like him. You're going to empathize like him. And most importantly, people are going to see him through you, which completes what we read about you calling people back to him. You have been born to reform. You have been born to liberate because you have been liberated. You have been born to change the status quo. And the easiest way you do it is just by resting. It's not by throwing a million chapters or a million verses. It's not by quoting chapters and verses. You ain't got to do that. You just rest and say, okay, God, I'm about to go in the store. I'm about to go on Walmart and get what I got to get. But as it is in heaven, so be it in me. And Lord, if there's anybody that you bring across my path, tell me what to say, and I'll say it and get on, the, and get on out of the way. We all complain about, you know, I got to go to Walmart. Don't know who I'm going to run into. Maybe that's heaven just pushing that band of clowns out of the way. Maybe that's heaven saying, you know what, hey, hey, they, they're, they're probably not going to swipe in this moment, so let's, let's present them with an opportunity. Let's present them with an opportunity to reflect us. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, thank you so much for today. Lord, we glorify you. We honor you, Jesus. Lord, you're so good. You're so holy. You're so worthy. There is none like you. Lord, there is none like you. No one else on this earth can do what you do. But Lord, just, just like we talked about um, 504 years ago, what you inspired Martin Luther to do, inspire us to do the same. Not saying we have to go destroy church property and nail in all the crimes and corrections, things that people ought to do. No, but Lord, the same spirit, the same spirit that was in you, Lord, we thank you that it resonates in us. It resonates in us, Lord. Resolve every issue of every heart in this room. Resolve every issue of every heart in this room right now, God. Resolve every issue of every heart. Peace right now. I speak peace over every heart. Peace that surpasses every understanding right now in Jesus' name. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As it is in heaven, Lord, we want that in our lives. As it is in heaven, we need that. We seek that. We want that. 
Thank you, Jesus, as it is in heaven. If, if that's your prayer, I want you to just begin to lift your hands towards heaven. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you do a backflip. But if you're in here and you're like, you know what? I want that to be part of my life. I want, I want that prayer. Lord, as you see, we have our hands lifted. Make that a part of our life, God. Make that our desire. Make that our desire that as it is in heaven, that's the way our marriage is going to be, our, our, uh, our relationship with our family, our loved ones, or with our kids. As it is in heaven, that's the way our, our uh, workmanship is going to be, Lord. How we are at work, how we are in the grocery store, how we are at the gas station, how we are and as we talk to people, or as, we, uh, as we text people, as we the desires, the things that we watch and listen to, as it is in heaven, that begins to filter every ounce of our life as it is in heaven it it encourages us to swipe even when people are just being mean and bitter and rude as it is in heaven make that lord we want that we seek that we desire that purify us god you are the refiner also you're the god of comfort and i thank you for what you're doing in us lord the word that you've sown in our hearts, Lord, let it go down to the soil of our hearts and at the right time, let it produce fruit of righteousness. Let it produce fruit that causes us to love and empathize and not be rude, not cuss, not go off, not be malicious, but be respectful, to honor, to hold things sacred. Lord, bring the desire back for us to hold things sacred again. Bring the desire back for us to be to be so invested in who you are and what you're doing through us. Bring the desire back to the point that we recognize when things are opposite of you and we go far, far away from them. Lord, we just want to be like you. And we thank you for the grace to do it. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Everybody said.